0: I Casey to try to put a little something extra on the slider here. Sun comes out from behind the cloud, and suddenly we have Sunshine covering the infield. A 1-2 pitch to the plate.
1: Sweet and miss! He struck him out! He struck him out! He struck him out! Aggies are going to the College World Series. All right, and howdy. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, This is Rob, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2014.
0: And this is Roy, fighting Texas Aggie class of 2015. And we've got some stuff to talk about after what we will call a uh, well-above-average weekend for Aggie sports.
1: No doubt about it. Uh, Just so we can go ahead and get it right out of the way, let's start right from the top with the biggest and most important one. Congratulations to Gary Blair and the women's basketball team for claiming the regular season sec
0: title that's right first sec title and first uh first conference title like regular seasons conference regular season conference title since 2007. so um they are all but a lock for a one seed for the tournament um they would have to i mean they've got the double buy in the sec tournament they would have to lose like 116 to 3 (laughs) to <laughs> not be to not be a one seed at this point.
1: Yeah, I think uh, recent AP poll came out put them at number two. So congratulations, yeah, I, the
0: highest sir. they have ever been ranked uh, at number two. And so pardon um,
1: my ignorance, I did not look who is number one.
0: Uh, oh, I don't even care.
1: Well, I, I do. I want to <laughs> know who it is. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care
0: who's number one. We're we're number two, and, and so we we were able to climb up to that. You're not going to see any other ranking changes between now and post. Uh, commerce tournaments but um you know there, there's still seating questions involved but i think for us the seating there really is no question no um i did not get to go to the game but uh, i was able to get my hands on uh, a bunch of youth tickets and so i sent my daughter and a bunch of her friends so they were able to go to the game well that's awesome and uh and i watched it at the house it was a phenomenal game you had four or five starters in double digits um uh, obviously, uh, India Jones is, is just unreal. Uh, she's a double-double machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought you got some really important bench minutes in this game. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, being able to, when Sierra Johnson got into foul trouble, you were able to, uh, able to spell her and put her on the bench and not lose uh, a lot. So it was um, it was a fun game. You know, you, you wish they would have been able to, to close it out, you know, with that kind of double digit when they got up. you know, They were up around 15, 16 points. You would have loved to see them sure. be able to kind of ride that. But you also knew that South Carolina is—I mean—they were the number five team in the country. So South Carolina wasn't about to lay down and, and just and take an ass beating on the road. Of
1: course not, and they've been such a dominant program in the conference for the last several years. Yeah, for so, years, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so it was going to be a dogfight. We all knew it. And you know, congratulations to the ladies. Uh, the one team that is ahead of us is UConn a And M, and a And M has two first place votes.
0: Right, and. And, uh, and what, going into that game, I believe we had eight top 25 wins. So, that would have been number nine. Oh, yeah. There's nobody in the country that has that. Um, I, I personally, I'll say that UConn being above us, um, I, I haven't watched a lot of UConn basketball. I don't watch UConn basketball, men or women.
1: They're good. It's probably just more, more than anything. It's probably
0: just name recognition. Well, I, you know, there's a little bit of that, but I'm sure. sure. But still, I'm sure their body of work, you know, certainly substantiates their their number one ranking. Oh, but yeah. I don't think the gap is as far as only having two first place votes. I think if you watch the game, you saw that and we talked about this too. That this year really is a team. Right. Um, while India Jones is, like we said, a double double machine, she's um, she's impressive, and if if you watched it, heard the broadcast, or even listened to Gary, you know what's impressive about her is, uh, you know, she, she's able to score so many points, and they don't call any plays for her. Yeah. She scores off a hustle. Um, she's able, she's been able to expand her game, uh, you know, she, from outside to in, you know, driving the lane, and then rebounding is hustling. That's all rebounding is, it, because I get that rebounding is, is is gaining position, but that requires hustle. It so, does so uh i I was interested though when i looked at the final stats um i was surprised uh i I was kind of surprised at some of the stat lines Mm -hmm. um because uh like we were out rebounded which i thought watching the flow of the game not in a million years would i thought we were out rebounded but yeah it was 44 to 40 so it was a real slim margin um but really they across the board they had a couple more assists they had a couple more blocks they had one more steal. uh they did have one more turnover. And where you saw a big one was fouls. I mean, they had five more, but at the end of the game, sure. they were forced into fouling. So, right, you know, everything was 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 real level. You know, these are two these are two of the best basketball programs in the nation. But South Carolina, can, South Carolina, couldn't make a layup.
1: Right, um, that's and, always tough to if you can't if you can't score right underneath, what are you doing?
0: If you can't get the easy ones, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes the hard ones even harder. So, uh, so if, if you're not excited about you know about what Aggie women's basketball is doing, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, maybe go over to Last Shot Espresso and get some coffee and get your heart rate going or something.
1: I'll say it was pretty exciting. Um, this kind of takes me honestly back to my freshman year in college. So because that was that spring was twenty eleven. So when the ladies lost yep. to Baylor, what was it? Two or three times in the regular season.
0: Uh, it was I believe it was twice.
1: Oh, I think it was three times so they lost to them in the in the tournament.
0: I thought they picked, a, I thought they scratched one of those, but regardless, they got into the okay, tournament so, that counts. Right, right.
1: They beat, it's like they, they it, lost every matchup until they played them in the NCAA tournament and then they destroyed them. Yeah, the
0: one that mattered. And if, you know, if uh, if you're looking to watch uh, any SEC tournament play, we've got the double buy, obviously, because we're the first seed, the, the top four seeds get the double buys. Right. But uh, we are playing on fr- uh, Friday morning, so it's actually going to be uh, 10 a.m. on the SEC network on Friday morning, but... You know, if you're around the office and you got a, a slow Friday, you know you can tune in if if you stream it or whatever. Oh yeah, um, you know, and that'll obviously go to Saturday and Sunday. Um, so again, though, what a, what a team effort! What just just grit and and when they got up so big and all of a sudden South Carolina was able to start scratching back, you were right. able to see the team kind of galvanize and find a way to get it done and to hold on. And, and honestly, to an extent, against a team as good as South Carolina, holding on for a win is just fine.
1: Oh no doubt, and I have no complaints. I thought it was a great weekend of uh, basketball for them, and honestly, great crowd turnout from everything I saw.
0: Yeah, um, it got sold out. Yeah, yeah Bjork put the uh, the General Mission stuff got sold out. Um, well, and what was interesting, and, and they were talking about the seeding for the one seeds because South Carolina had you know has a legitimate stake to maybe be a one seed. Sure. And they had said, you know, as long as this game isn't a blowout either way, you know, you can see them both being one-seeds. And then all of a sudden in the third quarter, things started getting out of hand. A little bit. Um, so I think you also have to understand that South Carolina, not only being an incredibly good basketball team, but they also understand the circumstances, you know, outside of just that game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, their ability to, to crawl back in and, and, and make it a make it a real tight game and for a little bit. It was literally back and forth on the scores. And it right. was um, – you know, for all you poor battered Aggies out there, you were like, here we go again. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, this team, honestly, seeing that going back and forth, I, I had full faith that they were going to close it out. I really did.
1: Yeah, me um, too.
0: So super proud of them. I can't wait till Friday. I'm clearing my Friday schedule. I, I'll be at Drill because I have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday drill. Yikes. But I have a desk job at Drill, and um, and I can stream stuff. So That's different. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you know, assuming we're not uh, playing any kind of stupid Army games at, at 10 a.m. on Friday, I'll be watching the game. All
1: right. Well, I did want to jump in on uh, softball real quick.
0: Oh yeah. They uh, yeah. One uh, swept the weekend. Yep,
1: swept the weekend over Tulsa. Um, final scores on those were nine five, nine six, and three to nothing.
0: Yeah, and I don't know where Tulsa stands in the grand scheme of things, but uh, this that's one of those where you come out of the weekend. Any series you can sweep is great. Period. It oh, yeah. Doesn't matter who you're playing. So when you can get a series sweep under your belt, you feel good. Um, I think this team uh, is, is maybe finding themselves a little bit. Oh yeah. I think Haley Lee. I wouldn't want to pitch to her. No. <laughs> uh, if it counted against my stats, I wouldn't. So, uh, you know, they're, they're kind of, it, it's, it's funny because when we talked to Gray, you know, they're, when we talked about threats at the plate, you know, this was just going to be a small ball kind of team and, right. and you speed because we're a little bit of a smaller squad. Mm-hmm. And it's funny to see the power numbers that are coming out of softball. Oh, I know. So um, so softball is, is another one to keep an eye on. And obviously we're still in, uh, you know, non-conference play. But they've got... Uh, so this coming weekend, I believe, is the Reveille Invitational. It's their last kind of round-robin thing. I believe so. Um, so, uh, so so, they've got one more weekend. I'm not sure who's coming in on that. The 12th Man app uh, still has last year's schedule on it. So that, that so doesn't help
1: right much. now we got a Wednesday matchup against St. Houston at Sam in Huntsville. Right? right, they are traveling. And then we're going to turn around in our little tournament, which is pretty extensive. Um, I
0: know. Well, Tennessee's in town, right?
1: They are. So we're going to have Lamar... Uh, a couple of matchups against Campbell. Uh, one matchup against Tennessee and another matchup against uh, Lamar on Sunday. So
0: That should be a fun round, Robin. If the weather is nice, I will tell you, absolutely get out uh, get out to the softball Diamond.
1: Yeah, like I said, and there will be a couple of things going on in town and we'll definitely jump and,
0: in. And you have five games to choose from. You know? I know, <laughs> so, it's crazy. Um,
1: so I did want to jump in on this. Uh, so, going into the track and field world for a minute.
0: Oh, so, I think just unbelievable.
1: I mean, just broke another record. For and, the 800 and, meter, and she's not an 800 runner. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first time she ran
0: it competitively. Obviously, in college, she's a freshman, so she hadn't had a ton of opportunities. She's scary, man. No, she's a freshman. I mean, you're, yeah. you're talking about, and obviously, she has her whole career in front of her. But when you talk about track and field legends coming out of Texas A&M, um, there's no, well, there's not a lot to begin with. When my dad was here, uh, you know, he's class '66, so Randy Matson, kind of the all-world uh, thrower. <laughs> right. um, but it's you don't want to get crazy about it but at the same time the amount of development that she has left is so exciting right and so you're talking about somebody that can be running the in the olympics you know representing texas a and m yeah so um so that's one to keep an eye on uh well and i believe uh the men closed out with the 800 title as well that's yeah. how we closed out the meet. arkansas won the men and women's indoors um, Arkansas is another great, you know. Arkansas, LSU, us are a great SEC track um, overall programs. Right. Um, so uh, one thing I've noticed over the years following track is there are some schools in the SEC that are kind of uh, that are good at parts of it, but putting together an entire meet's a little bit more difficult for them to, sure. to be able to compete to win. But um, but yeah, no, she's unbelievable. Uh, if you're not seeing there, the, if you're not there, uh, you've got to find the replays online. It's it, like. It's- Scary. I get winded just watching. It's
1: scary. <laughs> it's so cool. Yes, and very, very proud of them. And yeah. proud of her, for sure.
0: I, I I, mean, your question now is, what other events can she run and, and break records of? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't even know. If she knows that answer. Yeah.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: when you're 18, you're a freshman, when you're that fast, you've never really been challenged in high school. Yeah. You know, everywhere you went, you just smoked everybody. Oh, no doubt. So then, you know, the question is, you put Pat Henry's development into this. Right. And obviously, confidence that she already has. Mm. I mean, the sky's the limit kind of thing.
1: Right, no doubt.
0: So yeah, it, you got to keep checking out track and field. If you're not making it out, or if, if you don't, you know, live local,
1: yeah.
0: um, you definitely got to keep an eye on uh, on uh, track and field right now.
1: So we did have a very important discussion last week, kind of discussing a little bit with, with baseball and kind of not just expectations going forward, but how the team was going to find themselves an identity. And I think we did find ourselves a very interesting thing that I don't know what this team's going to look like. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, think there, I don't think we found
0: an identity, but what we found was wins.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, we'd love to kick it off. So, you know, we after we did our broadcast. We yeah,
0: let's to- go back to the other midweek game. Let's right. start there.
1: So let's start with Tarleton. I was, uh, first and foremost, first time I've ever been in the ballpark and got berated for heckling. That was the first time oh, yeah, I, saw I saw it, it on Twitter. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Lady yeah. came up to me and was just like, can you please not do that? It's not fair to those poor people. She said it's not fair? It's not. It's not. I'm trying to remember exactly what she said. Was she talking about
0: the spectators or was she talking about the players?
1: Oh, she's talking about the players. Like It's just not within. It's not a A&M core value to be like this. Like She used the core values on us.
0: You know, and I'm just like... If y'all could see the face that I'm making
1: right now. <laughs> it's one
0: of those I, deals. I, I'm going to tell you right now, if you're going to start dropping Texas A&M University pillars on me, you better come with something a little bit more than don't heckle at a baseball game. Hey, I'm, I'm
1: committing but some look at you, selfless service, man. But,
0: but also look at you, you know, and there's, there's, there's times in life that we learn lessons, and you just added a little extra notch on the patience. Sure. You know, stick. So you're, you know... They look, at you, keeping your temper. You're like, very sure. well. That seems like a completely somewhat not even close, but we'll call it reasonable request.
1: Sure. At which point I then removed myself from said seat, which I did receive for free, so I'll take that. And I went out and sat in the outfield with the alley crew again, and that was a lot more fun.
0: Yeah, I'm going to guess that they didn't really have anything to say about you heckling out there.
1: Oh, never. Yeah, I, I didn't think so. They can't hardly hear us out there. I am like,
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of get it, because when you think about, like, Kyle will feel... Sure. Uh or even even read. So Kyle, you know, um in the West side is we don't expect them to stand, we don't expect them to do a ton of yells. No. Uh, exactly. You know, you know, at, at Reed, you know, the ends are, you know, behind the goals is, is where the students are. You know, the sidelines are you know, we don't expect them to do much. they'll sing the national anthem, you know, they'll sure. do a war hymn. They'll do the yells before the game,
1: you know. Right, sure.
0: But um but, you know, the people that sit, uh, especially lower bowl at, at Olsen, and, yeah. um, you know, I get that they've had their tickets for a long time, and, and they just, they're just they there to watch a baseball game. But
1: and, and I'll be honest, I think a lot of it is you've, baseball game. You know, you've seen a lot of folks in that lower bowl who have been moved out of their spots and spread across the stadium away from where they're used to being. You know, they're yeah. used to being in 102 or 107, and all of a sudden they find themselves up in 202, 203, wherever, and they're not used to sitting up there first and foremost. And two, you plug in a guy who's a regular and nobody else around me was doing it. It just I mean, you, it, you, you become you, a one man standing yeah, kind
0: of I mean, you stick out like a sore thumb. What's funny is that baseball, um, all the people in the one oh twos and the one oh sixes and you know, they love two oh two and two oh three. Sure. It's just um you know, keep the riffraff uh, up over there. there. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we um, love what you do. Just yeah, do it up there. <laughs> yeah, I've been very fortunate to, to have some people uh, hook me up with seats sitting like behind the play, like 10, 15 rows up. And, um, you yeah, know, they'll get in on ball five, but that's kind of about it. And
1: that's about it. Um, you know? And and it's good.
0: And that's fine. And, look, yeah. you pay for your seats, and everybody's got a right to enjoy the, sure. the, the, the game. But, like, being okay. against heckling just makes no sense. I
1: will say, if if you've
0: you'd, if you'd been foul or profane, which, again, we aren't anyways right. to begin with.
1: Right. I will say, at this point, I feel everybody enjoys the game in their own way. I think, you know, some people, they go out to the ballpark and it's social hour. Some people like to go to the ballpark and literally it's watching the game, analyzing the game, yeah. sitting, sitting there and having your score sheet and you're able to, you know, yeah. track it down.
0: And Which I love. I love people that go keep score. I think, oh, it, I, I think that's a cool oh, old thing that I'm glad to see still occurs.
1: And, and, I, and I do it a little, and I've done it a couple times. It was never something I really got into big time. Uh, But I will say, having been to the ballpark, I found my niche. And that is I have a voice that projects pretty well at a ballpark. I like to think that every once in a while I come up with something that's ever so slightly funny. So I think the idea that I can go out there and project and more or less encourage others to do the same, that's where I belong in the ballpark.
0: Yeah, and ballpark chatter is part of it, though. And that's one of those things where even... I mean it doesn't matter who you are or where you sit, you know, the ballpark chatter has always just kind of been part of it and it's sure. always funny you'll sit, you know, you'll sit somewhere, you'll kind of be looking in a section, there are people you don't expect to, to to get a little chatter going and they will. It's, it's, it's oh, part yeah. of the it's part of the beauty that is a baseball game in the entire environment.
1: One of my favorite things that ever happens is, you know, is we like to say family game, right? You know, we're going to keep most of the heckles PG Every once in a while, it leans towards PG thirteen, but we like to keep it pretty PG for the most part. I love it on a weekend when we're playing against you know anybody, and all of a sudden you get all these kids from out of town, and the kids get in on the heckling. <clears throat> it's the best thing in the world. Yeah, and you almost you almost got to
0: you almost got to put up the left and right limits because they'll get so into it and they'll get so fired up that some pops out of their mouth, and you're like, no, whoa, whoa, whoa.
1: right. Olsen's a family environment. Ironically, though, I will say, especially with the younger kids, they tend to not go that far. They will literally sit in and do what we do. like you know, One kid will be like, hey, coach, get in the box. And we're like, yeah. yeah, listen to the kid. You know, stuff like that. But, you know, it's just I don't understand what encouraged her to come up and say that to me. I'm not going to say names, mainly because I don't know who she is. And I don't care. I don't have a name. Um, but.
0: Well, it's. it's...
1: It is what it is.
0: I can can sit here and say, I guess I I, I understand the sentiment.
1: No, I get it. I
0: I get it. It's just like, it's baseball, man. Um,
1: So there's a handful of us that are going to go sit up in 202 that bought seats together that are all hecklers. Yeah, strength strength in numbers, man. Strength in numbers. So we're going to try that on Tuesday, see how it works.
0: So let's get back to the schedule, and let's go back to the Wednesday game.
1: Tarleton, yes. Okay,
0: and and what did we say? We're like, man, you really want to see them get a win, uh, you know, heading into this series, uh, you know, hopefully give them a little momentum heading into the weekend that they're going on the road. And a win they got, momentum they didn't. I would
1: say, to their credit, they did find a way to win. But at one point when you are down 5-1 – to a system school, you have to sit back and ask yourself the question: When are we going to turn on the jets?
0: Right, and so then you have all of Thursday to sit around and think. Well, Baylor and Oklahoma, outside of the name, you know, on on their on their jersey, they're kind of middle of the pack in baseball in the Big Twelve, and sure. I and I think you know middle pack middle-of-the-pack Big 12 baseball just isn't that great. But they're still still decent teams. Sure. They're better than the Tarleton and Abilene Christians of the world.
1: Oh, sure. Same with the HBU, whoever.
0: So now you've won, but you've eked one out against a system school and you're thinking, Baylor's going to clean our clock and it's not going to be pretty at OU, it's not going to be pretty at Auburn. And they showed up for that Baylor game. They did. It's like video game mode was switched on.
1: I will say with Baylor, it was an interesting thing because I didn't do. I did a little bit of research coming into this, and I understand going into this weekend, Baylor did kind of struggle at the gate. You know, they lost two or three to Rio Grande Valley, which is not a team you was lose to middle
0: to, to lower third of the Big Twelve. It's 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 blah baseball,
1: right? So Baylor comes out, and really, you saw. Pretty solid pitching across the board, and you saw the bats come to life. I mean, and I'll, to his credit, over the course of the weekend, I would like to tip my hat off to Will Frizzell for kind of putting the team on his back.
0: Well, he made like the tournament kind of infielder, like all you know, the all tournament yeah, team. He, he,
1: he was the first baseman.
0: He was first baseman. So you got in the Baylor game, and uh, Baylor was sloppy. They had four errors. Yes. Um, we had one. I guess which was nice to see only one because yeah, yeah. right now that's kind of you're like oh man only sure. one error sweet. Right. You know uh, what's interesting about that game mm-hmm. is you have twelve hit, or twelve runs on thirteen hits so incredibly mm-hmm. efficient offense. Sure. Um, Baylor four runs on eleven hits so right. their inability to turn their hits into runs right. um, and and that's not just on Baylor you know that's that's A and M keeping them from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but an offensive explosion you're twelve four you're like okay. Maybe, maybe all we had to do was drive a couple hours, and, and that flips the light on. And then the next day, you get OU. and I was present mm, for that game. Right, so you get OU, and um, and then the hit lines are, are similar again. You have a couple of errors, but again, you win, and you win by a touchdown. You win 8-1, um, and it was never really in doubt. You know, these are no. first, We had a seven spot in the first inning. Um, Which
1: was, I mean, I will say, right out the gate.
0: It's really easy to be a good pitcher when you got seven right the Right.
1: Well, I'll say it was really kind of cool because, you know, we were the home team. We ended up playing. You know, they took care of themselves in the first half. In the bottom half of the inning – the poor pitcher comes out and throws eight straight balls. So we're out here chanting oh, yeah. ball nine.
0: Yeah, you're on ball nine and, and that that the affects the whole
1: ballpark is doing. <clears> it. Yeah,
0: I saw the videos. It was loud, loud.
1: It was very loud. I was um, impressed. Yeah,
0: but you have another performance, incredibly efficient, eight runs, eight hits. Yeah. Um, you know, OU's only able to put four hits together. Yeah. Uh, so and then you get the Auburn game and we drop the Auburn game and that was <clears throat> I want to talk a little bit about the Auburn game. Sure. Um, not a ton, though, but this is one of those where uh, Childress went out and had a, had a. I thought he was really good on the mound. I thought he was really good on the mound.
1: Yeah, no, he, he was. Um, um, unfortunately. It was, a, it
0: was a bullpen thing yeah. in mm-hmm. the Auburn game. That's all there was, too. He left it. He only gave up one run. He had, right. like, four or five strikeouts, yeah. um, a couple of walks. Like, it was a real good it was a good pitching line. I know,
1: yeah, no, no, Chili did fine. Uh, he just didn't have any run support.
0: Yeah, no run support, and then the bullpen just kind of fell apart. Um, and, and just straight up, I don't care if it's four innings of relief, giving up six or five well we
1: lose it's six, six to runs one. well six runs total yeah so so giving up was five game. from the
0: bullpen yeah. mm-hmm. you know that's that that's a collapse and, and <laughs> it's you're going to have days where your bullpen collapses i'm not saying that the bullpen is crappy because they gave up five runs to Auburn, no. but that's just going to happen now here's the one concerning thing I, I think overall the weekend is a positive you went you won you won two out of three games um your your bats came alive uh the auburn game again you know if your bullpen if you know the bullpen comes in and does that if, if your bats aren't going October, and it, but the only thing that that was maybe a concern is looking at the last seventeen innings. So any inning, uh, you know any one of the OU game, you put up a seven spot, and then over the next seventeen innings, you put up two runs. Yeah. So it's again, it's that dry spell that with I'm telling you, you seventeen straight innings, you put up two runs in SEC play, and you're gonna lose both games.
1: Yeah, I mean it's pretty clear uh, as we've gone along that. This team has shown the ability to be very hot and be very cold. Now, if we could just have lukewarm bats yeah, <laughs> consistently, I, and, that would be and, great. And, and, you know,
0: maybe some is just uh, each individual guy kind of finding himself at the plate. Sure. Um, I, I don't know as far as the Auburn pitcher if he was there, you know, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know anything about Auburn baseball, so I don't know if it was I really their he guy pitch, or if I he's – I think their, he got pitcher of the week. Yeah, so I don't know much <coughs> anything about him. But going into this week, you got two more midweek games. you got uh, HBU and Incarnate Word. Right. So you hope to split those.
1: <laughs> Ouch. Oh, come on now.
0: No, but – Give I, a little I, confidence. But, well, no, but coming off of uh, a good weekend, you have to win both of these mm-hmm. to, to continue the momentum that you gain. And even losing to Auburn, you won, well, you won the tournament technically, Right.
1: Right, I mean, yeah, we were tournament champs. Yeah, unquote. technically yeah.
0: tournament champs yeah. against three named teams. Right. Um, that outside of Texas people would know the name. Right. You know, you, you tell somebody incarnate word, you know, like and they're in Tennessee, and they're be like, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, so, but you've got to have both of these games midweek, and I understand that that things are still trying to get figured out midweek with the pitching rotation, and and I get that. But you got to find a way as a team to win both.
1: Also, I have a feeling HBU is not going to be as much of the concern as Incarnate Word is. Incarnate Word's been one of those teams over the last several years that tends to give us a pretty good game. Yeah, absolutely,
0: and and that's why you got to see both of them because yeah. then you know you beat one team that maybe is, as a program is down, but then you beat another team that you know is always scrappy and always a pain in the butt, sure. and you're not always thrilled to see them on the schedule. And then going to the weekend, you got a bunch of Aggies. A whole bunch of Aggies. New Mexico State. New Mexico State. So uh, yeah, so Rob will actually be sitting in the visitor's section for this weekend.
1: <laughs> actually, I won't. You know where I'm going to be this weekend? <clears throat> not in town. I'm going to be in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, nice. I'm going there this summer. I have been. I need to get out of town. So apologies in advance for all you fine folks that are looking for game updates. I will not be providing them. <laughs> so yeah. I've got things to worry about. <laughs> well,
0: I bet you if they really want updates, they can find them somewhere.
1: They can find them somewhere. Um, you can always go on Texas okay. Richard Zane
0: always does a running thread, like yep. batter by batter.
1: Texas Ryan Perez is going to be doing Olsen 203 stuff, so check him out too.
0: But New Mexico State, again, another program I can't tell you a lot about. Um, I, I would assume from from distant memory that New Mexico State is never a terrible baseball program.
1: They are solid out of the whack. They've been a program that over the last several years has always been that whack tournament champ that makes it. And yeah, makes, they can it, win the tournament, the and they get a bid kind of thing. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think the previous year in 19 was like the first time they hadn't done it in a while. Um yeah, you know, they made it to like the final and like they won regular season whack easy. But then they lost in the tournament and unfortunately that knocks you out if you're in the whack. Yeah. So they came out, um, they had that kid Gonzalez last year that was top top level prospect. went on to M L B, he's gone. And really the rest of that lineup didn't do much, so that's probably what we're expecting.
0: Well, so then you look at HBU incarnate word in three games against New Mexico State. If you don't go four and one yeah, like it's a problem, and honestly, any combination of form one
1: sure.
0: beat HBU, lose to Incarnate Word, sweep that's New right. Mexico State. I'm that, okay with that. That's a
1: solid weekend.
0: Yeah, it's a solid week, yeah, you know, across weekend. the board. So um, you've got to have a series win this weekend. Absolutely, um, going for a sweep on Sunday is always the best feeling. If you drop the game, you still win the series. Right. <clears throat> so that's kind of short term. I don't want to go further in the schedule because that's fair. Again, this team doesn't have an identity yet, no, it's week and, to week, and so it's, and it's and it's hard to so it's hard to really project. What you're feeling coming up in
1: the next week, yeah. but what was there any other sport things you wanted to touch on? Um,
0: no, but I, the, you know, just the one thing I wanted to kind of circle back around what we talked about was, um, you know, that 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 midweek game um, against Arlington was was important, right? And for whatever reason, and and honestly, winning in ten, I was I was not um, real optimistic going into the weekend. No. I, I, I don't know that anybody was other than the sure. ultimate sunshine pumper, but um, which I've been accused of being. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but, but 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 I thought it was a good showing. I, I think there's there's concern about the scoring drought, and I think there has to be a little bit of not a ton, not a ton of concern. But again, you know, you need to put this, you know, put a pin in this and remember it. That and then you played Auburn, which is we talked about one of the teams kind of right around each other in the standings in the SEC West. Right. Um, and we didn't didn't go in and get our doors blown off again. Just the bullpen kind of came apart. Childress kept them in check. They got one run on the guy. So.
1: Taking the loss there is not the worst thing. Not it? at all. And I mean, it's, it's not a conference game. No. And <clears throat> you kind of get an early look at a future opponent. Right.
0: So, uh, win or lose, it's good to be able to get that look and really, like, yeah. just face-to-face get that look, not just be able to scout them over the weekend because they're playing in the same, you know, round-robin. Sure. So, uh, I, you know, there's absolutely, I, there's a, a hell of a lot more positives to pull from the last four Aggie baseball games than there are negatives.
1: Yeah, no, especially <clears throat> after how we really kind of kicked the season off, we were sitting at a... 250 winning percentage, and that's just not the way you want to start a season.
0: Yeah, no, it was, I mean... Yeah, like we said, I mean, how do you lose a series to Xavier? How do you lose? So again, the, the, I think the concern was legitimate. It wasn't, sure. it wasn't jump ship concern, no. but it was we need to see something and we need to see it a lot sooner than later because later conference
1: comes. Right, and now you know now we're sitting here at 500 and we right, need, and we're going to go plus <clears throat> 500 hopefully this week.
0: Yeah, well, and you have the opportunity really to, I mean, build some just, momentum. Yeah, build a ton of momentum. And again, you still have a couple weeks left of these midweek games and the, in the non-conference slate stuff. So you got time. To continue to iron stuff out, right? But they have to take these opportunities to do it, and right. that's that's all I'm gonna say. Like, uh, it's it's not a it's not a negative thing. They've got to ensure that they're using these opportunities um, to to iron out and what they see too. You know, not just right. what we see, but what they're seeing um, game by game that they feel that okay. Maybe continuity. Maybe maybe it's a, a you know the bat's going dead. We got to figure something out. You know the bullpen. Maybe the the order we brought the bullpen out. Or are we going way too situational like pitcher by pitcher? Or sure. Can can we leave relievers in a little bit longer? Which is something that we've always dealt with with Rob. He's his hook is too early. His hook is too late. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. You're always going to be able to complain about it when a reliever does poorly. Um, you know, just I don't want to see anything where it's obvious to someone that's watched a, one baseball game in their life and they're yeah. like, why is he still pitching? Like, as long as we don't get to that, like, sure. yeah, or, or like, why would you pull him out? He struck out three guys in a row. And you're like, yeah, that's, I don't have an answer to that. <laughs> no, I don't have a question for that. So I do. But, but again, yeah. that's not even just on Rob. Like, you see that in the major leagues. Oh, these they guys, do it all the time. They, they outthink yeah. themselves with these pitchers that are all great talent. Oh, yeah. So, you know, again, I, I think this is a, a perfect week for Aggie Baseball to find themselves. And on the other diamond, this is a perfect week for <clears throat> Aggie softball to continue that momentum coming off of that Tulsa series. Yeah,
1: they're looking good. So both
0: but, diamonds are looking up.
1: Yeah, there we go. Good stuff. I did want to jump in, so I went ahead and asked a question ahead of time, or you know, asked folks to send us in some questions, and we do get some responses.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I pulled up my Twitter; I had a ton of notifications. Like, what the hell? All am right. I doing?
1: So, so first one was John, and I'll go ahead and ask it because it's directed towards you. Uh, so post-match thoughts for West Ham from Saturday's match and what you're looking to see through the rest of the season.
0: Oh gosh. Um, <clears throat> I'll be quick with this cause nobody cares about this. Sure. Go. Um, so in case you didn't know, West Ham played Man City, Manchester City, who's the top of the league and they're oh. running away from it. They're almost mathematically gone.
1: I know. I think
0: um, But, uh, yeah, y'all did last year.
1: Um, oh yeah. I so, know. <laughs> but Manchester
0: City is phenomenal. Uh, if you're an Alice Caruso fan, you might know that he's a Man City fan or supporter. Um, West Ham went out there play. They gave up an early goal, world class kind of cross from De Bruyne, and that's mm. just going to happen. Right. Um, I thought they <clears throat> they played well. They got back into it. They leveled the score, uh, and then Manchester City ended up winning two one um, on a just a defensive lapse. And that's one of those things where they're the best in the, in, in the league. They might be the best. I mean, they're like the best in the world right now. They've won 20 straight matches over all competitions. Sure. Um, not just like, you know, not just wins and, and draws like wins. They're beating literally everyone. Right. Um, and it was weird. It's just, it's how far West Ham has come that, um, we're disappointed about losing to man city. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of positives to glean from it, you know, losing two one to man city is, is, uh, no, nothing to hang your head about. No. Um, breaching their defense is huge. So I think you got to like everything going forward as long as Fabianski can get back healthy because he got nicked up in pregame. So we had our backup goalie <laughs> against Manchester City. Sure. So, But I'll stop talking about West Ham. I, I still think they finish at least Europa.
1: Yeah. Well, they're sitting, there, well, they're sitting at number four right now. Granted, yeah. you still have Chelsea, Liverpool, and Everton all right on the tail, but...
0: Right. Well, as long as we can keep winning. As long um, as you can
1: keep winning. That's all you can ask. If you're ahead of them, you keep winning. They can't catch you. Exactly. Uh, Liverpool went ahead and took care of business against Sheffield. Thank goodness, good yeah. Lord! They needed that. Yeah, you don't want to lose to Sheffield. No, the so Blades. That would be less than. I, I do. Money. I do like their. I do like their name, though Sheffield. The, United, Blades. the, the Blades. That I is love pretty the Blades. Because you have like
0: the Magpies and the Canaries and, and shit the like that? In the Premier League.
1: All right, so uh, Trent Trenton Sh- uh, Schoonmaker. That's uh, yeah, T Schoonmaker ninety eight on Twitter. Uh, reached out and said uh, favorite artist that you got to perform with or open oh uh, yeah that's for you yeah so that is a really good question uh i would say probably my favorite show i can think of as an opener um was probably i was one of two uh, one was for roger krieger's uh dad bill krieger's his <laughs> birthday bash that's awesome. and, and that was in uh, Lukanbach on uh, July fifth. It was so the day after Fourth of July. Who would have guessed?
0: <laughs> if anybody's keeping count. Yeah, it was
1: keeping count. So, but uh, but we went out to Leukenbach. uh It was almost it was a Saturday. Uh, we went out there. Um, <clears throat> there was easily about four or five thousand people there, uh, including the the hill and people walking past. You know, this is pre-COVID, so we were just rocking and rolling. You're normal. But we went out there and we played, and everything was great, and. Once we finished off, and Kevin Fowler took over because Fowler was the second opener. uh, Roger Krieger sitting in the back, uh, grilling up fajitas and serving us. He was like, "All right, you boys want beef or you want chicken?" So we went from there. So that was my
0: go from playing to having fajitas served to you by Roger Krieger. Yeah, you know.
1: So that was that was a lot of fun.
0: It's a pretty sweet memory. Oh, it
1: was a sweet memory. Uh, Probably
0: the second coolest one. Not second coolest. How about who's the coolest you played with?
1: With oh. Oh, I really don't. Don't have... worry,
0: Jordan already kicks you out of the band. Uh, it's Jordan after kicked after, me after me your out band Fuego take, point. so
1: yeah, so yeah, have you ever, I mean,
0: have you had the opportunity to play a ton of shows with other people? Uh, not really, like big names or n- fill ins or anything like that.
1: N- not really up to this point, mostly, mostly smaller local bands, um, as far as fill ins are concerned. Um,
0: then I mean, let's do this. You, we got your favorite, like, you know, uh, who you get to open for sure. or opening, and I think I know the answer to this, although that story. I feel like it could challenge. What's your favorite venue that you've played so far?
1: Oh God, favorite <laughs> venue I've played so far. Well, um, man, that's a tough question too, because uh, th- I've had a couple of really enjoyable venues. I mean, obviously, I love playing Hurricane Harry's because uh, finally made that happen.
0: Yeah, I figured that it had to be near the top here. Well, I
1: mean, it's the one place I've wanted to play um, up to this point. And play Hurricane Harry's. I will say, any show I've played up in College Station. It's one of those, you just bring that extra energy because it's home. And you want to go hard in hometown shows. So every time I played the tap has been awesome. When we finally played Harry's, it was great. Uh, It was one of those situations where the headliner, um, old Pecos on the Rooftops, Mm -hmm. uh, you open up uh, the green room, and there's a reason why they called it the green room. Uh, There was just this waft of smoke. You Mm -hmm. get secondhand high walking into the room. But, no, I mean, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Man, it's just, what was the one you were thinking I was going to bring up?
0: No, I figured you'd you'd say Harry's. Oh, yeah. No, Harry's. I thought Harry's would be your, like, automatic.
1: So, Harry's was, yeah, is definitely up there. Uh, No doubt about it. Well, then, here's
0: a quick follow-up. We're just going to stay on the music thing for a second. Sure. You can only play one venue. You have one show left. and you have to retire. No more playing with anybody that does, I don't care who you play with. I don't care. Um, Opening, headliner, doesn't matter. You can only play one more show. What's your venue? Only one more show.
1: Uh, I'm not one of these cliche guys that wants to do Green Hall because Green Hall, honestly, is it, it's there.
0: I mean, you can play the Sydney Opera House if you want to. I'm, I'm opening it up here. I open it up,
1: oh, <laughs> wide open. Man, I'd love to play Wembley. 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 Because you you're talk about just one of the greatest arenas for, yeah. for rock shows. I mean, yeah, there have been so many great shows that have gone there. If I could get in a rock crew and go play Wembley, sold out to 90-something thousand people in that building, you bet your ass I'd be there.
0: Assuming you could play all of it and keep up, and you got to play Wembley, what rock band would you want to play bass for?
1: Oh, man. If I had to give, honestly, just from a stylistic and the way I enjoy their music, if I had to pick a band to play with, it'd probably be Foo Fighters.
0: Okay. What band would you like to go on tour with, though?
1: Oh, just as far as, like, hanging out with the guys? Yes. Oh, man. There's so many good bands to choose from.
0: See, the problem with that is you really have to, whatever your answer is, you have to say, so-and-so 20 years ago.
1: 20 years <laughs> ago. Well, right. No, you're right. Well, see, it's like, I would say Metallica, but I didn't want to, like, die of, you know, alcoholism. I don't want to have to go down that road. Um, I don't want to do the... Well, I mean, they're still rows. around. So oh, yeah, no, they're that. still around. You know, somehow. you go to uh, GNR, you're going to get fat. I am about to say, you can't do GNR, man. Um, honestly, <laughs> you know... buffets. Man, you know what? If you gave me one band, probably Motley Crue. Motley
0: Crue? I back mean, in their heyday?
1: Oh, my God. I mean, this, this the stories surrounding that crew. Yeah. And if you have not seen The Dirt on Netflix, do yourself a favor and go watch The Dirt on Netflix. It is Awesome. It yeah. just kind of got kind of a you know, mockumentary kind of following along.
0: Yeah, crew's gotta be up there.
1: Yeah, crew's as, definitely as there. far as just what like, about yours? If as, you had to party uh, with uh,
0: them? Oh, the crew would be up there, Metallica would be up there. Yeah. Um gosh, I don't know, man. I, I feel like someone along the lines of like Aerosmith.
1: Yeah, uh, Steven Tyler.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'd be really cool to hang out with Aerosmith. Um but at the same time I think it'd be really cool that and I know they're complete weirdos, but I think it would be just the most fascinating time of your life to go on tour with Slipknot.
1: You know, here's the thing. Funny you should mention that, because it's like, Corey Taylor is apparently just super, super cool dude. Super
0: cool, super chill. Like, in your off days, he's going to play like, the House of Blues. He just does, like, solo stuff. And yeah. Because he's, he's just a musician. He's not just a screamer. The dude can sing. He can play oh, instruments. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's... Either, either that or like, you know, the Beatles when they came to America. Sure, right? <laughs> you know, you want, you want all the screaming yeah, women. I think Motley Crue's got to be, if it's not, if Motley Crue's got to be the answer, man.
1: I'd say Motley Crue, I would say, is probably the coolest band to party with. Um, I would say, can, if I'm going off of like my crew, like if I just could have been with them at their peak, would have been Linkin Park.
0: Yeah, it would have been fun. Because
1: people were rocking those shows. Um, so definitely, I would say that's up there.
0: Well, we're going to take a complete left turn because i got it pulled up, too. And the other question that we have left, so going from Motley Crue and Slipknot to if you had to decide who goes on the country music Mount Rushmore, who would you pick? And so I, that's four. Yeah,
1: I'm about to say, we four. We go with the rule.
0: It's that's four. It's four. All right, so George. All right, straight. George Strait. I'm about to say, is George, there's George Jones, George straight. Yeah, well, we, we might get to George Jones. But mm-hmm. I think George Strait has to be there. I
1: would agree.
0: Um, Willie.
1: Okay, I have a feeling ours are going to overlap a little bit.
0: Johnny Cash. Okay. okay maybe George Jones or Ray Price. Ray Price.
1: Ray Price is good. Well, so is George Jones.
0: I know. <laughs> um, well, I think George Strait is a no-brainer.
1: Yeah, well, you can't have that many number ones and not be.
0: Well, yeah, he segued country into mainstream.
1: No, he absolutely did. Yeah. Man, I'll I'll tell you, if you had to give me my four, Hank Williams.
0: Oh, gosh, yeah, Hank. But
1: see, it's got to be Hank Williams because, I mean, he...
0: He was like the father, he, he was the
1: father. Like, yeah, it's a, you can't. It's it's like putting George Washington on there. Yeah, yes. Like, he, he All to right, be. so Hank
0: Williams. I don't, I don't know why I didn't. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but
1: no, Hank Williams has to be on there. Willie Nelson for sure. Yeah, the
0: Willie and George Strait. I think those three are. Yeah,
1: George Strait for sure, and you know my my other one, hmm. Merle Haggard.
0: Oh yeah.
1: See Merle, and, and it's like between Merle and Waylon Jennings and Hank Williams Jr. I mean, they're so many other great artists that could be in that fourth spot. But I've always enjoyed Merle Haggard. I have a hard time putting him, leaving him off.
0: Um,
1: now, I will say, if you could add a fifth, I will add one more, <clears throat> but here's the stipulation. Has to be a woman artist.
0: Well, why don't we just do four females?
1: All right, let's do four females.
0: Patsy Cline, Dolly, Reba. Okay. And then somebody probably... A little bit more Segway like George. Um. I this is going to sound crazy, but I think Martina McBride has to be under
1: consideration. Sure. I mean, I, I feel uh, Dolly Parton for sure. I like Reba. Uh, See, Reba kind of did
0: that, though. She yeah. She, she kind of made the showmanship out of it. Not right. her and Dolly, but I think Reba, well, because Reba's still, I think she's still touring.
1: Uh, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Um. um but, yeah, I would say Patsy Cline in my fourth, hmm. Loretta Lynn. Oh, Loretta Lynn. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah that's it. So, yeah, Dolly, um, Reba. Reba, Patsy, and Loretta. Yeah. yeah.
1: And the thing is, like, you could, <clears throat> it's really hard for me to consider anybody more recent than those for the list. I mean, and I yeah. mean, I mean you look at the 90s. And I mean, then, if, if you did an
0: yeah. offshoot, offshoot of, of uh, Country, uh, yeah, it's more recent. Then you have Clint. You have uh, Garth. You know,
1: yeah, and see, Garth is in the weird, <clears throat> weird next well, country.
0: If Garth had never done Chris Gaines, <laughs> if he'd never done that stupid crap, oh yeah. But yeah, but but I mean, Garth has to be there just because. Again, you're talking about really segueing into putting country into mainstream, right? No, going he, from the twangy cu- country into something that you know more people could embrace. Oh yeah, and, so Garth is there, Clint's there, sure.
1: Um, All right, let me. Uh, since we're on that same subject, we'll go ahead and throw in one more. Okay, Texas country. <clears throat> Who you're, who you're for on Texas country. And that and that can be, I mean, just artists from Texas that do not include Willie or George. I was going to say, like, yeah, 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 to yeah, yeah. am I putting Willie on two would, I'll no. <laughs> George, George, and, George and Willie are off, off the table.
0: Um. All right, well, then Clint Black, he's a Beaumont boy.
1: Right. Clint, Clint.
0: I, I've got to put Clint on there. I, I love Clint. I think he had sure. he had such a fun, unique sound. Um Sure. I mean, Robert O'Keefe's got to be on there. You're about Texas country. Sure. Um, in which case, I mean, do you do Pat Green? Because he turned, he got so mainstream.
1: I would say, well, I mean, you get mainstream, but, I mean, there's, you got to be I mean, Pat Green's got to be one of the originals. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you got Robert um Pat Green.
1: Sure. Clint Black. Hmm. I know, that four spot's kind of tough. I don't know.
0: You know, because at the same time, there's a lot of current Texas country that we love, but they just, I mean, they haven't done enough within the scene to warrant, you know, being on a Mount Rush. No,
1: no, surely not. But, I mean, like, if I had to look at mine, you know, I would, I would put Randy Rogers on there. Oh, yeah, Randy can be on I'm there. Sorry, I, I put Randy Rogers on there because I think they're a big enough name and they've they're established obviously at this point yeah Randy
0: Rogers Band
1: but I'd say Randy Rogers Band uh Pat Green are two
0: Robert, I think Robert O'Keefe got to be
1: Robert that. O'Keefe it's like he's a little bit older than the rest of that crew right but it's hard to leave him off and I love Roger Krieger, but I'm not sure I'd put him on there. I don't think I'd there. put
0: Krieger on there because, like, if you put Robert O'Keefe on there, you're almost thinking you should also put Lyle Lovett on there.
1: Right, and all know? of a sudden it becomes an Aggie one, and, you know, we we this love our, our Aggies, but... This is our podcast. I don't <laughs> give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you
0: know, that, that one's a little tougher when you're talking about... You know, if you take out Clint Black, if you're talking about actual Texas country yeah, genre... Yeah, yeah. You know, then you, you free up a, a spot, you know, because Clint Black would be on, like, that second Mount Rushmore for Right, sure. You know, Clint Garth and... Yeah, uh, you know, probably Alan Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Clay Walker is the world's most underrated country guy from the 90s. I loved Clay Walker. Sure. Um, you know, Texas boy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, you know, R.E.K. Yeah, you know, let's go to like actual Texas country, Texas country. Not just from Texas.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, Texas country, so, Texas, Texas country. So, so yeah. Robert,
0: Robert O'Keefe, uh, yeah. Pat Green, Randy yeah. Rogers. Yeah,
1: those are three for sure. Ma'am. I mean, you got great options. You got Casey Donahue. You got... Josh Abbott, Turnpike, Crossfade, Ragweed, Whiskey Myers. But the thing is with obviously Ragweed and Myers, I'd put them more towards Southern Rock anyway. So that kind of eliminates them. But man, well,
0: you know, no, I know it has to be. If you're if you're really going like full-blown the Mount Rushmore Texas country.
1: Sure. You got. Jerry Jeff Jerry Jeff Walker? Yeah. yeah I think yeah, that's how you close it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that ended the discussion right like there. Like, if you talk
0: about newer Texas country, sure. Um, man, you're talking about Turnpike is probably at the top of the list. Right. Almost, and and they're
1: Oklahoma, but Red Dirt, it's all the same. Yeah, like
0: Red Dirt country, yeah. It's all the same. So, all right. Well, yeah, we can probably sit around and talk music Oh, my forever. God, yeah, I think, well, I think this is good. the second or third <laughs> podcast we've gone off on tangents. But, but we
1: can certainly <clears throat> get into more musical stuff in the future. I mean, I want to bring on musical guests at some point. But uh, we can certainly jump into that. But, yep, baseball later on this week, more softball, SEC tournament for basketball before the big tournament, March Madness getting ready to kick off. Yeah, I
0: heard I heard buzz on the radio. there's on Texas radio this morning. Um, you know, they're trying to gear up, and this will be the first practice in a month that they've had all their players at practice. Um, so what that equates what that equates to as far as even being able to play and then on top of that having to play in the conference tourney, I, mean, I don't know, maybe we just go straight Cinderella.
1: Maybe fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers yeah, finger, finger <laughs>
0: fingers crossed, but I'm not putting any money on it. No,
1: no, um, me neither. But you know,
0: although I, I may have to find a spot to lay some money down on the women to win the SEC. Yeah, let me um, go because because I feel like they they should have won that game by 20, and it was a combination of maybe losing a little bit of focus and South Carolina really turning it on. Sure. Um, but uh, it's it's an exciting you know exciting seven days really. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, by this time uh, next week we'll know. You know. Who's going where for yeah. basketball? Um, although it's all in a bubble this year, right? So you're not gonna be able to host. Yeah, I think at it's home.
1: Indiana.
0: I, believe. Uh, I thought the women were in San Antonio. Uh,
1: I think yeah, I think, yeah <laughs> the women are in San Antonio. the Men are in, in Indianapolis. Indiana. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, San Antonio. I mean, that It'll means, be close. Yeah, I mean that adds to the a And M, yeah, we we,
0: we can sure. yeah we can turn those into home games. There's a ton of Aggies in San Antonio, no doubt, um, and not like San Antonio is that far from Houston or Dallas. No. So
1: um,
0: so, uh, so Aggies, we'll, yeah, we we'll, yeah, we'll, when we when we reconvene this little. Um, you know, a little powwow, Um, we will have, I think, a little bit better, a little more clarification on Aggie baseball, at least of their identity. Yeah. I think we'll either see something emerge or, like, start to emerge or we'll realize that we still have no idea. I don't think we'll come out of five games and be like, okay, we found exactly what we're doing. I don't think we're going to get to that point. Um, Aggie softball, it's going to be interesting to see how they get through – uh, Tennessee, Lamar. I think we'll have a, a really good feeling on. Yeah. You know, not just uh, again. The bigger sample of games, the more we're going to know. Yeah. Um, and even if Aggie women's basketball doesn't win, uh, you know, the conference ter- tournament title. Yeah, I think they're a one team. Yeah, They're still a one seed. I mean, they're ranked two right now. And like I said, you're not going to see a lot of changes in rankings based off of conference tournaments, no. if any, really.
1: No, you really shouldn't.
0: So when I saw Aiden in baseball crept up in like the top fifty on the rankings. Woo. Get, so. Making moves. Yeah, well. <laughs> get, at it,
1: least we're not out of it. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. So, uh, yeah, just just exciting stuff all around Aggieland. Um We enjoy y'all's questions, by the way, and we enjoy questions that don't involve sports, to be honest. We like to
1: flex too. Yeah,
0: you know, flex our brain a little bit, try and put an extra wrinkle in it. Um, well,
1: and if you guys have, of course, any more questions, feel free to attach them here. Uh, and, of course, uh, with the podcast, as we asked last week, uh, feel free to share it with your friends, uh, family, whoever might be enjoying yeah, share, what we Yeah, share,
0: share, share. Retweet
1: give us um, five-star reviews on it, apple yeah. well at this
0: point we've got yeah we're we around 30 episodes in now so yeah, i mean if they like yeah. yeah so i mean if they like what we're doing there's plenty they can go back and listen to although a lot of it's gonna be football related a, so. lot of, <laughs> a lot
1: of it's football related and the audio quality was not as good as it is now so apologies on that
0: well you know it's you know always get better right always
1: get better so. sustains improves yes, <laughs> yes. all the imp-
0: yeah the more improves the better um so yeah, I mean that's all I've got. Kind of a crappy day outside Nagaland, but yeah, a little wet. Uh, yeah, a little wet. But restaurants kind of banging away, and um, the, you know, despite the construction of that median, wow, so you, bad. yeah, you can still get across uh, from George Bush from the university side. You can still turn across right there at the Shell to get in to eat. Um, so, uh, you know, tomorrow's Taco Tuesday. By the time you hear this, you might be listening during Taco Tuesday. But head on over to Good bolts in the shopping center. Uh, Right across from the football practice fields on George Bush, over there in the Texag Shopping Center. Right. And uh, I mean, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of all I got. I, for me, I've got a ton of irons in the fire right now, but nothing that I'm going to talk about until they at least get a little warm.
1: Perfect. Well, I'm going to be in Vegas uh, over the weekend. Hopefully, not losing money. Uh, but we all know how that. Well, hope in one hand. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, guys, we really do appreciate you guys listening in. Uh, tune in next week. Hopefully, we'll have some more fun and exciting content. Well, videos. hopefully, we'll have a lot
0: more wins to talk about, too. Oh, yeah,
1: no doubt. And like I yeah. said, we're much happier when we're a sunshine pumping podcast and not a negative one.
0: Yeah, but, but I mean, I really excel at being miserable, so I'm okay.
1: That's yeah, okay. We'll figure be it out. To pull the West <laughs> 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 All right, you guys take care. Have a great one. Gig em. Yeah, gig em.